We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good everybody. Let's make some content. Bart Winkler Show. We're going to talk to former WTMJ radio man, moved to Philly. Uh, for radio, now I don't know what he's up to, but he wrote a book about the Olympics coming to Milwaukee. Jay Sorgi didn't interact too much with Jay when he was here. We said hi a little bit, uh, talked to him. He wrote a book. He wrote a book about the Olympics coming to Milwaukee, what it would look like, and he detailed the whole thing out. And it's somewhat doable. The book's called MKE Twenty Twenty Eight. Greater than the games, and he like schedules out the whole thing. It's crazy. So I'll talk to him coming up, and that will be on YouTube if you want to see Jay's face and my face. Check out the Dan Shaney YouTube stream. Dan Shaney Insurance, DanShaney.com. Also, want to talk about Lionel Messi, big debut on Sunday night. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about a 30-minute introductory event where he was out there for like five. And it sold out the stadium in Miami. Inter-Miami is the name of the team Messi plays for. RIP and long live the Miami Fusion. He could be playing for the Miami Fusion after all these years. Uh, But let's start with the Brewers. Off on Monday. Okay, they got a series coming up in Philadelphia. But off on Monday. Got a voicemail from John and Franklin, so let's hear from John. 402-915-BART, 402-915-BART. On the Carl's Place voicemail line, carlofet.com backslash BART. Here is John. Good morning, John and Franklin. Checking in. It's been a minute. I get up on these brewers. Could have called a few other times, but uh, I'm trying to retread the same stuff. But I got to tell you. I've never seen a baseball team do more winning with less runs. They are incredibly efficient. Kudos to the starting pitching. Kudos to the relief. And kudos to the offensive players that help score the minimal amount of runs we do to provide the wins. Sweeping the Reds coming out of the gate. That's big time. Nice job. Remember hearing hearing some chirping on Corbin Burns. I'm assuming that's all going to be laid to rest. Dude's a stud. Don't forget it. We're going to miss him when he's gone. As far as this team making moves, 
I'm not going to get my heart set. We'll keep, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm not convinced that we should trade away a bunch of prospects. How many bats would it take to fix this lineup? We don't need any more pitching. The problems are on the offensive side. And we're, we're scoring enough to beat the Pirates and to beat the Reds. But what, you know, we're coming, we got Atlanta coming up. We got some of these other thumping teams. We had problems with Arizona. Teams that score a lot, you know, a fair amount of runs, it's going to be, a, you know, it may be a different story. Maybe the pitching is just going to keep shutting everybody down. But uh, I've got an open mind moving towards the offseason. Uh, I mean, the postseason. Um, hopefully we are a player in it. Um, but I'll be interested to see how things transpire and what moves are made or not made. And lastly, everybody reaching out to all the old Gs. Let's get uh, let's get out for this Brewer uh, tailgate and game. I'm I'm giving myself the day off. Let's do it. Let's uh, go out there and get together. It'd be good to see everybody. I'm out. Yeah. So the Brewer tailgate, I, I we're doing it. I don't know how official it's going to look or feel, but we're just a bunch of people getting together. It's it's happening. I'm in too deep now not to do it on the 23rd of August for Brewers Twins. I'll uh, figure out. I'll get my life in order and try to make it at least somewhat like, I don't know. Does it need to be though? Can we just all show up and park and hang? I don't know. I feel like I should do something. Whatever. Um, that's about a month away. John's voicemail. Very interesting. The trade deadline coming up. Okay. About two weeks. And on yesterday's show, I was like talking about, Hey, you trade for Shohei Otani. The Brewers, the last two years, here's who they've traded for at the major league level. Eduardo Escobar, Daniel Norris, John Curtis, two S's. And then last year, Taylor Rogers, Matt Bush, and Trevor Rosenthal, Brewers legend Trevor Rosenthal. Last year's trade deadline was so disheartening, not only for trading away Josh Hader, but the guys they got were... I mean, last year, last year's trade deadline was so awful. I just, I can't believe it. I think last year's trade deadline was what actually sunk 1250. We we just didn't have the mental capability to try to grasp what the Brewers were doing. They traded, they traded away Josh Hader. Oh, and, and they, they traded for Trevin, Trevor Rosenthal or paying him $4.5 million and he, he got hurt. He's never going to pitch. Excuse me. Does any of this make sense? So the Brewers have not really acquired a good collection of talent at the deadline in the last couple of years. Will they this year? Their needs are what they always are. Uh, you could always use bullpen help. You know, these guys pitching very well, especially at the back end, but that's never a certainty and you can't rely. I mean, you need more than three guys in a bullpen. All right. And then, uh bats they need hitting what they did against the reds this weekend was fantastic but you can't beat teams one nothing three one two one the rest of the season and certainly not into the postseason you've got to be able to score what bats are out there we'll see i think the pipe dream is pete alonzo with the mets i just don't see that happening uh and we'll talk more about some of these guys as the weeks progress here we get closer two weeks away to the trade deadline happyplacehemp.com and then i want to talk about um this american family field article that fox six was all over happy place hemp the promo code is bart 
25% off the gummies, the, uh, the balms, the creams, the tinctures, whatever you need in terms of the CBD stuff is great. Okay. For like, I mean, CBD can do a lot of different things. Um, joints that hurt ailments you have, uh, the sunburn that I had was, was helped by the, the lotion. So check that out, check out the different products, but then also, uh, they have gummies that, that, that with THC and those are good too. Delta eights, Delta nines. Uh, they've made, they, they look on the website there. There's a, there's a 50 milligram or stronger. So check it out. Check it out. Just browse. You can always get the sampler pack and see what you like. Try it out. You know, promo code BART works every time. 25% off every single time. Promo code BART. Happyplacehemp.com. You can also check them out. Uh, talk to them if you'd like in Muskego. If you have more questions, we have uh, Chris and Rob on from time to time. You can always direct questions to me that I can direct to them. Or you can stop in College Court in Muskego right across from Maddie's. HappyPlaceHemp.com, promo code BART. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. American Family Field Repairs. What is needed? Fox 6 did an article where Rick Schlesinger walked them around the ballpark. At one point, Rick Schlesinger says we need $10 million to replace the freezers and coolers. And he said, we've got to keep the beer cold. That is like the peak of Rick Schlesinger humor. Some people in this world just aren't funny and don't have a sense of humor and think that things that are not funny are the most hilarious thing. I can just imagine Rick of the Brewers giving this tour and saying, well, we need $10 million for, you know, we got to keep the beer cold. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Hey, honey, I gave Fox six that tour. I told him, I told him we got to keep the beer cold. Oh, Rick. Oh, I married you for your wit and charm. Uh, Here's what the Brewers need. They need a hundred million dollars for architecture and interiors. They need $55 million for plumbing, electrical, they need $62 million for structure, $100 million for technology. They need to repair the roofs for $37 million. They need uh, $17 million for concession infrastructure. I'm looking at an article Fox 6 did. And they need $34 million for miscellaneous. Sure would be nice if that $34 million was spent on a bat. 
you fucking cheapskates. So they went around the stadium. There are three original chillers for cold water and office and clubhouse air conditioning. Two are working. The third is dead. Rick says they're past their expected lifespans. They're obsolete. Replacement parts are not being made, so we have to scrounge for them. You're one failed motor away from a completely useless system. I bet you I know I'm an air conditioning uh, expert now as I've had a guy out to my house every year for the last five years because I've been using like the world's last uh, Freon, which they don't make anymore because it's like awful for the environment. So I had to get a new air conditioner. Did that last week. So uh, please like and subscribe and share this podcast. I, I need to I need to uh, pay for that. Um, but that's probably what they're on. They're probably they're probably out of Freon. They probably just need to upgrade their air conditioning. The the hard sell with the Brewers right now is they need all this money. But and Rick says like fans are going to notice, you know. But we're not. I mean, you're not going to notice if the Brewers clubhouse is not air conditioned. You're not going to notice if there's a pet, like there was a real big part of this article, like there's a patch of concrete they had to replace that they need money for all of this stuff. And here's where I have a problem when it comes to public funding for stadiums like this, because I, I like, I'm, t- I'm, I'm stretched both ways. Cause I'm thinking about my house, right? I just got a new air conditioning. We have to do some landscaping stuff. Okay. There is a basement I want to I want to finish this basement that I spent half of my life in. All that stuff costs money, money that it's our property. So we get the money and put the money into the house. Okay. It's gonna help the value of the house, but that's not something we'll see until later on. So for the brewers, I look at all this stuff and say, if you need money to repair the scoreboard. That's like, you're a business. Come up with the money to repair a scoreboard. If you need money to make sure that things are cool, the beer's cold, you need to come up with the money. You're running a business. How come the brewers are able to go get public funding? And like Kmart can't. Kmart, why is Kmart the first thing that came to my head? The, you know... That's where I'm like, oh, okay, I get I get the people that don't want to pay for this public funding, even though when you get your tax bill, what are you paying, like three bucks if everybody pays? I don't know. But then also it is a public, like it makes the, it makes the city better. It makes Milwaukee better. Having a Major League Baseball team enhances Milwaukee and it brings money into Milwaukee allegedly and like having the bucks if they would have lost and moved what would we have done everybody's sharing their well-timed tweets about hey two years ago this was game two two years ago this was game three two years ago this was game four should have got in on that that's an easy way to get engagement i fucked up um two years ago we won the title i'll have to have to work on something but think of all that. That's not that's not a part of our lives. That's not there. And the Deer District's great, and it's a great place to you know bring people from out of town. Oh, let's go check out the Deer District, and 
you know, it's not too far from the third street market hall, which is cool. And, um, you know, it's, so that, that, that's where I'm like, it, it makes the community better. It makes the community better. So that's why brewers, you should have a stock sale like the Packers and it should be legit. You should raise money. People can buy stock in the brewers and tie it up so that they can never leave like the Packers. I don't know. I talk about this a lot and I feel like every time I do a CBS sports radio show, I I'm only like scratching the surface and before I really get in the weeds on this, I just hate that our professional teams, the teams we love so much. I look around this basement that I'm in right now. And over there, I see Packer towels that I got from various games on my walls, some Packer stuff. Uh, there's a thing about the box. I got a Brewers. I got a whole book of Brewers cards there. I got a Brewers. Uh, I got a whole newspaper, like Tom Hodricord's rookie year. I got him writing about shit in the Milwaukee Sentinel. I got Packer toys laying all over my floor. Everywhere I look, because these are the teams I love. And they can also just like up and leave because they are entities owned by someone. And then they're like, eh, well, we, we could leave, but can you give us some money? We'll get the park to be better. And then we do it. And then they can still leave. Like that, that's the thing. Like there's still, there's no guarantee that the Bucks never leave someday. There's no guarantee that the Brewers never leave someday. I don't mind if, I just, I just wish that like we had more of an ownership. It feels like we own the team. We say we about it. We don't own it. It's owned by a guy. It's owned by a firm. It's owned by, it's not owned by anybody. And I would pay, like they could try to raise money and, and go through all this tax stuff and whatever. And uh, you know, everybody's going to bitch. There's going to be public hearings and debates and call-ins all because we're going to, we have to pay like, Sixteen dollars uh, to help fund the stadium, okay, or whatever it's going to be, or they could just be like, "Who wants to pay three hundred bucks? You get a piece of paper. We'll give you a couple tickets. You'll never, your team will never leave, and you can say you're an owner." I would do it. So it's a complicated, it's a complicated thing. Um, I just never want our teams to leave, and you look at what like happened with Oakland, and I don't think the Brewers are in jeopardy of leaving. That got brought up in this article. Um, he says, we're not talking about relocating. We're talking about the pathway to get this done. So there's no issue or concern there, at least what they're saying, but you never know. You, you never know what happens. You never know if Mark wants to sell or if he wants to, you, you never know. You never know. And that, that stinks. Like we're committed to these teams. There's still, there's still some people that would always call into the, the fan and talk about the Braves. They weren't over the Braves leaving. The Braves left, let me just do some math, 9,000 years ago. People still want to talk about the Milwaukee Braves. The Baltimore Orioles, people forget, were the Milwaukee Brewers in 1903. You know, there's some there's some people that are still, you know, pretty worked up about that one. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like it's tough. And on the, on the position of public funding, that's kind of a good lead in into the uh, Olympic talk. We'll have Jay Sorgi. Coming up here in a little, a little bit. You know what I should get for the tailgate that we're going to do in that parking lot, which needs new concrete. 
is get some Omaha Steaks. Promo code is BART. Go to omahasteaks.com. You type BART in the search bar. So that's the way that you find the package. You just go to omahasteaks.com. I'm doing it right now. You type BART in the search bar. It shows the Bart Winkler podcast. You click on it, and there's your deal where you can get for $99, which is 62% off the cover price, thanks to the code, four butcher's cut filet mignons, four air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four Omaha Steaks burgers, and then four gourmet jumbo franks. And with this package, they are also throwing in another 12 burgers. So that would be a good option. And get that all for 100 bucks. Type in BART, the promo code, uh, just at the top there, and the Bart Winkler podcast will show up. You click on it, it takes you to that offer, omahasteaks.com. The Lionel Messi, I don't know, did anybody see this? This was on Apple TV Plus, so you would have had to look for it. Or maybe you saw highlights of it. Uh, some of the news stations, sports stations were showing this. Lionel Messi was introduced with Inner Miami on Sunday night. And they sold out the stadium, and they're selling jerseys no cheaper than 200 bucks. And it was raining in Miami. And it's, it's, it's like I've, I've been rooting for this MLS, you know, the MLS to succeed my whole life. Sort of. I'm, not, I'm split on that, too. I, like, root for the MLS when they play other countries and other teams from other countries. And then the CONCACAF. But then I, like, root against them when they play USL teams or, like, the league – there should be promotion relegation in American soccer. There was supposed to be when the world cup came, they're like, all right, you're going to have a league. You're going to do pro rel. And USA is like, yeah, of course, sir. And then they're like, no, not in America. We give teams to the highest bidder. (laughs) That's what we do here. But David Beckham is introducing Lionel Messi. It's like David Beckham's there. He's like an afterthought. When Beckham came to the MLS, it was a huge deal. This is like 30,000 times bigger. And now his first game, Messi's first game, and I don't know if he'll start and he's available to play. They have to play him. People are spending $500 on these tickets. But his first game will be Friday night in this League's Cup. MLS is taking a month-long break to play clubs exclusively from Mexico and their own. It's, it's like what Adam Silver wants to do with the NBA Cup, only this kind of makes sense. These are not regular season games. They're, they're doing like a World Cup between the Mexican teams in Liga MX and the USA MLS. They're doing like a World Cup tournament. It's different. I don't know if people care. It'll be interesting. But when you see highlights of Messi over the next month, that's what you're seeing. You're not seeing MLS regular season. The team that he's joining actually is by far the worst team in the league. They need to go like – they need to average two points a game to even sniff the playoffs – you know, in the MLS, pretty much all you got to do is wake up and you're in the playoffs. But somehow Inter-Miami is way far behind. So it's truly going to take a miracle for them to climb in. You want to, I mean, have Messi playing in as many games as possible. But again, a lot of these games are just going to be on Apple TV+. Plus, Which you have to pay for the league subscription. It's not just that they're on Apple TV+, Plus, like the Brewers. Some games are free, but I don't think any of the Messi games are. You have to go to Apple TV+. Plus and then pay for the subscription, and then pay for the MLS subscription, similar to if you watch UFC fights on ESPN+, Plus, you have to pay for ESPN+, Plus and then get the UFC package. That's kind of like the same thing that soccer's doing for 15 bucks a month to watch everything from the MLS. And now that they have Messi, 
I, I think they're going to actually hit some of the numbers that they didn't think they were ever going to hit. And I'm interested. I, I mean, how, how do you, how do you, Messi's playing in America? It's bonkers. I got to watch this. First game's Friday night if he plays, but also the USA women play Friday night in the World Cup against Vietnam. Now they should destroy them. Uh, but still, it's like weird. It's like, can't the MLS move the game to a time when everybody can watch it, where there's not going to be any conflicts and put at least the first game, like Messi's here, at least the first game's on, on real TV. Uh, if you do want to watch Messi and you're listening to this early enough, they are showing his first training session with Miami live on Apple TV Plus. I mean, they're going, they're going uh, nuts to the guts on this one. So check that out, I guess, if you want. All right, Jay Sorgi is going to join us next. Could the Olympics ever be held in Wisconsin, in specifically Milwaukee? This was a study that he's been commissioning for like the last four years. And it's not just like he wrote a book and was like hypothetically thinking about it. He talked to actual people as if he was trying to get a bid here. So Jay Sorgi, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's right now. Former Milwaukee radio man, Jay Sorgi. Jay, what was, how long were you here at TMJ? 22 years over on Capitol Drive, doing everything from, News and sports, Packers Radio Network, and a whole lot of other stuff. 22. I I was going to estimate on the low side. I thought you were there for 75. <laughs> You're just trying to judge based on the, uh, the hairline there? No, man. You were there a long time. <laughs> true. True. You miss Milwaukee? You're out in Philly now. I am for family reasons. It's necessary for what we need. I miss Milwaukee like crazy. When half of you. Is that a Milwaukee Facebook... flag behind you? Yep. That is. It's well, home. There you go. I mean, when half of your Instagram and Facebook feeds are people at Summerfest, it's like, really? <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's been a good summer um, in Milwaukee. Certainly, that's one of the things that we try to convince people. Nine months of the year blow, but summer's pretty good. Although, exactly. it's, you just moved, you moved to Philly. It's not like you moved to, it's not like you moved to, I don't know. <laughs> London Chechnya. or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, I'm talking to you like you're out of the United States, like you're on Mars or something. Exactly. Well, you've got uh, you've got a book. You wrote a book, mm-hmm. and Milwaukee is the epicenter of the book. And this must have been an idea you had a while ago. Uh, Greater than the games is the name of the book, Volume One, MKE 2028. So mm-hmm. if you just see that, you think games. We call the games Olympics. MKE 2028. I mean, we've got like these conventions coming and is is Jay trying to tell us that Milwaukee could have the Olympics? And so there's this book and I started reading and I I, I actually read a good much more than I thought I would. Nice. When, you know, when people send you a book, it's like, yeah, I'll read that cover and interview them. But I started reading this thing. Then uh, you lose me at in a good way. You lose me at when you start to throw the schedule for what an Olympic because because then what I'm saying Jay is I just went and looked for every day about you basically wrote a book about how the Olympics could work in Milwaukee um I'll get to like some of the specifics and everything but where did this idea come from who what where when why you're a radio guy it began when I was of all things it's a childhood dream that incredibly I could pursue as an adult while I was at WTMJ and doing all the things to be a husband and a dad. But it began with 
LA 84 when I was, when I was a kid. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool event. I've never heard of the Olympics before. This is such a cool thing. The whole world comes and people play sports in your town. And you know, when you're a kid, you, you dream of just ridiculous dreams and you put them on paper and you stick them in a mental filing cabinet or a literal filing cabinet in a notebook or something. Yeah. So of course I did that with my hometown and the games and the idea of green Bay and Madison and Chicago being nearby college project comes around after Atlanta 96. I need to do a business school presentation. So all of a sudden well, let's pull it out. Let's do a mock presentation as if we're going for the games. What the heck compare Atlanta 96 to what we had back with 84 and switch things around. Could Milwaukee pull it off in some ridiculous fashion and present it. Got an A in the project. Put it back into the uh, mental file cabinet again. Then in 2012 with London, a Wall Street Journal writer at the time, Sarah Germano, who's now at Financial Times, she came out with sort of tongue-in-cheek, but there was a lot of validity to her points that the next American city that should host the Olympic Games should be Milwaukee. <laughs> we had some fun with it at the radio station, okay? If it ever happened, who should light the torch? Bob Euchre, of course, was the one that most callers came out with. But then I pulled out the old project, and I'm like, let's compare it one more time just for giggles. Let's see, sport, different sports could be here. You use Green Bay, you use Madison. Got a whole boatload more in Milwaukee than what people think we do. Chicago might need to do a little bit of help, but we've got something here. We might have something here. So, again, for giggles, talk to a good friend of mine who's really close into the business community and in the government community, both in the city and at the state level. A man named Eric Paulson, who was on TMJ4 uh, for numerous years, as well yeah. as working with Biz Starts Milwaukee. And I showed him this. And he's like, dude, I can't believe I'm telling you this. <laughs> You've got something here. It's not enough to say we could, at that moment, have gone right to the IOC in Switzerland and said, hey, we got an idea for the games. And they're like, okay, go do it. It obviously became something where let's test this out. Let's discern it. Let's not automatically say we should have the games in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. At no point did we say, okay, let's pull the trigger. Boom. It's right to do automatically. But we should test this. We should look at all the details of what it takes to really do the games right. And Boston 2024 was launching their bid at the time. And they had a boatload of issues because yeah. they took the attitude of let's do the games and just sort of figure it out as you go. And that's where the ISC can come in and make you make a lot of mistakes in terms of what you need for your city and what's right. So let's study it before we would say, okay, let's do it. And a bunch of young Milwaukee business leaders joined me in these discernment sessions and in our brainstorming of how we could fix this problem about the games, as well as fixing issues in Milwaukee, like attacking issues of poverty and, I mean, substandard housing and our really our segregation issue back in my old hometown. And to see, can we re-engineer a city with how we would do a games? Because it's so big, if you do it with right intentionality and right plans, you can fix things a lot if the IOC lets you. And that's the whole thing. And we went to talk to leaders like the head of the 96 games in Atlanta. We talked to some Packers executives and they're like, you need to discern this. So we took it, we took it and ran with it. So you, you were, so 
man, jeez, you're, you're writing a book about having the Olympics in Milwaukee, and like all I wanted to let me just let me just uh, I'm so focused on the schedule. I'm just gonna sure. pull up day three. That's okay. So, so day three at the Wisconsin Center, we got badminton. Um, at the Milwaukee Arena, so it's Panther Arena, right? They yep. don't you like change the name of some of these things, right? Fiserv unfortunately would have to take two and a half weeks off for Fiserv form as an example. Okay, they don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but handball would be there. Fiserv would be renamed something temporarily. You named it the Oscar Robertson Arena. They could hold basketball and some other stuff. Handball, obviously. Um, the Peace Through Sports Center. Yep. This is this the new thing? That's one of two new venues with seats. Because I'm looking at all this stuff here. It's like the Pfizer Forum and the Al McGuire Center and Lakeshore Park uh, can have they can do bo- volleyball. And you've you've got a lot of built in things. And for no other reason to to buy Jay's book. Uh, very. I think you put out a video. You're just like, hey, it's like nine bucks. Just uh, yep. whatever. Just to see the schedule alone and like dream. Yeah. But you did put a lot of hard work in it. I'm not just saying that you wrote a schedule and, and made a book out of it. But I just find it interesting that as you're laying this out, there's so many places that, and I'll start there, that we could already use. I remember when Chicago was trying to have a bid, you know, maybe you use Madison. And this would be a part of it, too. Madison or Green Bay or Chicago. or It's just a nice, like, when you think about it, you think Milwaukee, oh, small town, Olympics, yeah, right. But if you look at some of these places where the Olympics are held, they stretch out. Their arms reach. They it's not like it's not like you have to have everything in a t- 10 block radius. They use the full extent of the city and it may have been tongue in cheek there. It's certainly not when you write a book on it, but there's a lot of pre-existing things that you could use. You would have to build a couple of other things. So, what would be used everything else and what are you envisioning that would need to be built? I guess we can start with the shortlist, which are the two venues that you would actually have to theoretically spend money on to build that would be permanent, that would have seats in it. And you better make sure that you've got legacies for it, which I think is one of the the key cruxes. If you can't have the legacy for it, then you don't do it. Sometimes the Olympics will come to a place and then the city's like, we're actually worse off now. Yep. Like I'll put it this way. When was the last time a major baseball game of any kind was played in the Athens Greece Olympic baseball complex. Oh, Nothing since 2004. No. It's still sitting there, to my knowledge. You can't do that. No. So the shortlist would have been two venues, which we would have put in the Milwaukee Inner Harbor area that it was pretty well, I don't want to say desolate, but there was not a whole lot there at the time when we were discerning this. The Harbor District is doing a fantastic job of putting businesses, putting residential in that thousand acre area. But in that space, we would have put your big grand Olympic stadium. You would have put in the swimming complex. Those would have been the two new permanent venues with seats. We also would have had a cycling velodrome, which would have been turned over to Trek Bicycles, for example, to use as a testing facility and manufacturing job creating for Milwaukee, along with a tennis stadium, which would have also been used for three-on-three basketball and convertible to that. You take down the seats, you sell them to high schools and colleges and leave the courts there for the community. But the big two, the stadium and the swimming pool, are the ones that really typically get you when it comes to cost issues. And number one, okay, who's going to use the stadium afterward? I mean, you either, number one, make it big enough and you have so much real estate also 
residential commercial real estate to make up for the fact that you don't have enough hotel rooms to house the games and you need to build an athlete's village. Well, that's prime real estate in that area. I mean, that, that could be a big moneymaker. So you build the housing and especially if it's all privately invested housing, the profit you make off that could pay for those stadiums. It sounds ridiculous, but when you're talking about an 11 figure, like 10 plus billion dollar complex of all that that's there, the stadium gets paid for by the profit from the residential and then some. So it can become a profit making venture. Now, the big size is if you get the Packers back, say, for a game or two, you make the Packers, if they want to invest in the real estate piece, that becomes a profit opportunity for them to say, you know what? We get to outdo Dallas, New England, all the great mega teams that are even like the Rams that have one big real estate investment. We get two. We can make money off two of them. That secures your financial future if it's a profit-making venture. If it's not, then you don't do it. You could also be talking about the biggest capital expenditure that would be necessary for Marquette and UWM to come back to football. Milwaukee MLS, the National Women's Soccer League, have a franchise in Milwaukee. And you get the United States Olympic Committee to make it your home stadium. Get 10 events there a year. They become a real estate partner as well. They see the long-term benefit but they need to invest in it. If they're going to take a cut of what the profit's going to be for an Olympic Games, they better darn well invest in your city and make permanent jobs. Would that be – I'm going to say the biggest hurdle. I'm not, I'm not – pun not intended, I guess. With the, it's true. It's hurdle. true. Would that, that, that would have to be, I think, the biggest hurdle to get. Because once you start spitballing like all the things that would work, then it's like, well, where do we put – the stadium, where do we put these athletes? That's your biggest conundrum when trying to put together an Olympic Games. You have to have the real estate. You have to have the investors to be able to put into that real estate. Because, I mean, you, we know what's going on right now with the whole Brewers stadium renovation, let alone what, what happened with Pfizer Forum, what it took to get that done. You're telling me public dollars are going to pay for an Olympic stadium? Forget about it. No, yeah, that's that's ten thousand percent fair. Yeah, you need to have it privately financed, which is why the residential piece and the commercial real estate piece becomes what pays for the stadium, and it's private. If you do that, okay. The only real, real public dollars you need, you're talking train transportation within the city and fanning out to Madison and Green Bay. That's really the biggest public expenditure that would be involved. That's what would need to be built. As for the rest, name some, pick out some sports. I'll be able to tell you. Uh, boxing. I believe we have that the preliminaries at the UW Fieldhouse with the finals at the Wisconsin Center. You can get 10,000 people in there for it. Um, how about... Trying to think of other Olympic sports now. Not like I'm blank. Archery. That you upgrade Hart Park in Wauwatosa <laughs> and turn that little high school stadium into like a good quality 7,500 seat stadium. Now, for example, Paris 2024, they're sticking that in a park right by the Eiffel Tower. Much better for television. Makes total sense. You what do you mean? You got less Lucky Town in the background. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that. But if they want the, 
the Milwaukee skyline and Lake Michigan in the background, there's a little problem when you're conducting archery competitions. Wind. Can't do that. <laughs> so so we'll have it the left's lucky town uh, archery field. Would you could you sail in the lake? Absolutely. That was Chicago's plan for 2016. So you could easily do that. Um, I'll, I'll throw a couple others at you. State Fair Park, you take the racetrack, which at the time really didn't have a whole lot of events going on. You convert that into an equestrian center for part of the racetrack. And other parts you have like your action sports, like your skateboarding, BMX biking, sport climbing. And the replacement that we would have had for surfing, as much as I love the idea of Sheboygan hosting surfing, that's not a great oceanic surfing venue. I mean, Paris is holding surfing in Tahiti, about 9,000 miles from the Olympic Village. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, well, then, yeah, you just slap <laughs> six events in Milwaukee and do everything else everywhere else. Dude, right. Do the running part in Rome. So we would have replaced, because they allow you to, to actually sort of localize what sports you should use. Well, one of the world's biggest um, participatory sports is bowling. How more Milwaukee can you get? Mm. But that at the, at the State Fair Expo Center. So what would be the biggest, I asked you, hurdle, like, Mm-hmm. It sounds like the infrastructure for, like, because I'm I was reading through your thing, and then I, there were places that I wouldn't have even thought of for Olympics, like uh, down in Franklin where the milkmen play. Oh, yeah, use that. Oh. It's not, there's there's enough. You, you don't think it, there might be, but there's with upgrades. There's sure. enough. Like I think here, I think that would be my answer. But I'm asking you the question. Oh, by far that Olympic Harbor complex that we considered would be the biggest hurdle because you have to find that level of size of investors now. And what's the big, what's like the easiest, what's the thing that's already there? Well, I mean, you can roll the balls out at, at Pfizer form. You can do very similar at the convention center. You'd have to redo like the columns. You'd have to take that out and redo the roof to that, but it's very doable. Um, The Milwaukee arena, certainly it it would be a great option for that. Um, I mean, Rebuild the Bradley Center. Yep, wouldn't be needed. <laughs> wouldn't need it. And like I know, you know I just I just yeah. missed the Bradley Center. Oh, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. But you've also got obviously Miller Park, American Family Field, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, that we would obviously held the baseball medal rounds for. But as we all know, with concerts, you can put things on top of the field and play baseball shortly afterwards. Gymnastics, the biggest gymnastics crowds in the history of the Olympic Games. The only thing you need to do is put air conditioning in the building. And uh, hey, Johnson Controls, well, can you put in a little bit of, a, of an AC system in the stadium? Great, let's set it up. And oh, that's God. You And you want to talk that. about legacy? Like, <laughs> yes, if you could, you could. If the Olympics, the Olympics coming here alone, just to eliminate that closed roof bo smell that can take over <laughs> Miller Park on a Saturday. Love it. Love oh, that'd it. be that'd be the best. Boom. So you you wrote your book. Um, you know, because I think of the guy, uh Keith Smith was a guy we would talk to that used to work at Disney, and then he was an NBA writer. And he's like during COVID, he's like, wrote this big article about the NBA should play at Disney. And then they did. Boom. So it's like you have this idea that you've laid out a lot of the plans and answered a lot of the questions. And then you move on to the next thing, or is there like a 
sliver of a percentage in your brain that thinks this could happen. I'm personally moving on to the next thing just because my life sort of demanded it at the time and still does today. But it's also a situation where L.A. is hosting 2028. We're not going to be getting the Olympic Games of the United States for a summer games after that. I would estimate probably minimum 12 more years, probably closer to 16 years, 20 years after 2028. Well, number one, the Olympics love storylines. Wisconsin's 200th birthday is in 2048. What has to happen is I think you look at what the sports scene is in Wisconsin, the overall venue layout, like what we did, which, by the way, would have been the first Olympics since 1932, where every event is within two hours of, of an athlete's village. You look at where you have open real estate. What's your economic situation? What's the government situation? There's no way you're getting the city and the state to agree right now on hosting an Olympic Games when there's so much that they can't agree on themselves. And Yeah, I didn't want to bring that up. That's okay. That's okay. And that's why it <laughs> never moved past theoretical, Yeah, but with some good reasons for for saying, hey, there could be a something here. I think those who are the young business leaders of today and who say are in college today, who are your big dreamers, this is the type of thing that maybe they can grab onto. Stick in their, in their memory bank. Look at maybe 15 years down the road. Take the temperature of Milwaukee and Wisconsin on the sports scene and so many other areas and be like, okay, do all the pieces fit? I think you also, though, have to look at the IOC in itself because there are so many ethical, financial, and social responsibility issues that Olympics have brought about because of the way the IOC runs them. I mean, you, I mean, a bid situation, the ethics of it just come down to the individual people who were involved in what they do. Mm-hmm. But the financial piece, here's the, here's the killer of so many Olympic bids the IOC demands that you basically, as a city, write a blank check to them. And they can add sports after they say, yeah, we've just picked you for the Olympic Games. And that can cause so many issues. For example, I didn't even get to this one yet. This is I'll give you a little preview of uh, volume number two, which hopefully will be coming out soon. Rio gained the Olympics in, for 2016 when Chicago lost the bid. It was 2009. A short time later, the IOC says, yeah, we're adding golf to the Olympics. you got to build a golf course. There were, I believe, two golf courses or something like that in all of Rio de Janeiro, none of which were probably better than Dretzka Park. Yeah. you got to build a uh, an Olympic caliber, really um, Grand Slam golf tournament caliber course like that for the Olympic Games. They just displace tens of thousands of people to do it, and no one ever plays the golf course anymore. So yeah. you're you're displacing people, and you're also blasting the budget open because the IOC says, "Oh, we want this now." You got to have cost certainty, and that I think is the biggest thing. Where there comes to an agreement between the IOC and the city to say, "We are going to have X budget. We'll agree on this. We'll agree to ten percent cost overruns, perhaps." times inflation that's as far as we're going you want more you pay for it ioc and that's part of why right now after 2032 in brisbane they have no cities that are even 
close to saying we want the games. Yeah. It, that's what I think people, whether it's Milwaukee or any place else, need to, to be like, we have to demand more from the IFC. Because if they do that, they can rebuild their demand. And all of a sudden, they'll have cities that really want it. And I think we had a lot of solutions potentially to fixing a lot of the IOC issues to help be more budget conscious that could work, but they've got to be willing to play ball. And that's another bad pun, but it's true. It's like, have you even done any work on what a winter games would look like? Um, I don't think. Would it be got- a lot of the same or no? I don't think we'd have the capability to build a 10,000 foot mountain in Jefferson County. That that's well, that's your issue. I think what is the highest place in Wisconsin? It's like Tim Hill or Timis Hill. Yeah, it's fifteen hundred feet. Yeah, the uh, the International Skiing Federation is is not going to be able to. They would not have a world class downhill course or anything close to it. So, it would be one of those things where it's Denver for skiing, Milwaukee for for the rest, and they just hold it in Denver anyway. That's why Salt Lake City's getting as at least as a reasonable shot of winning twenty thirty. For the winter games because they've got it all already yeah yeah once you have it yep you have it again um one more jay i think right like you know i think within a lot of people's minds writing a book is something that they would like to do and then you think it's it would it take you four years it feels like it's a very time-consuming rewarding grueling experience what would you recommend? Not that I'm going to write a book, but what would you recommend to someone who thinks they can just sit down and write a book? First thing I would definitely say is write what you know. Write about something that is going to fuel you so deeply that it's not a chore, but a desire for you to get this story out of your mind and your heart and your gut and get it onto paper, get it onto a Microsoft Word file and to tell your story and to refine it and to understand it. And it took probably a good year, year and a half of writing after the life experience. And I mean, I don't know, unless Bart, for example, you're a world-class cook, are you going to go writing about like the great French dishes to cook? I would imagine. I like ordering French fries. Beautiful. (laughs) But otherwise you're, probably going to talk about wisconsin sports and a piece of that that means something to you because it's what you know and it's what you care about write your passion write what you love and number two get a great editor get a great editor i had one in liz lincoln who by the way does book uh, a book genre that's not mine like my favorite but she's a fantastic human being she writes milwaukee sports related romance novels so I exactly. She, I mean, she's got a series of that, but yeah, I'm gonna. I think I need to get her on. <laughs> go for it. But she, she's a great. Uh, she's a great editor, and she did yeoman's work. Really patient with this idiot who didn't know how to write a book, <laughs> and as and it and helped so much. So write what you know and care about. What's going to keep you driven, and, get, and find a great editor. Jay, good to chat with you. The book's available on, are we just directing to Amazon or what? It's on a lot of different online spots where you can buy books. Wherever books Amazon's are sold. Yeah, you could say online, but yeah, Amazon's the best of them so far. 
like wherever you get your podcasts, it's like <laughs> people know how to just type J, J Sorgi Olympic book. It'll come up. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. People know how to find stuff. Jay, good to talk to you, man. Hope you're doing good and right. uh, look forward to finding a reason to talk again. You got it. I miss Milwaukee. We'll be back home soon. My thanks to Jay. Go buy his book. It's like nine bucks. Help a guy out. Let's give him that Winkler verse bump. The Winkler verse bump is a thing. Um, usually when I have people on, they gain like one or two followers. So let's help the guy, <laughs> let's help the guy out. Got another uh, voicemail here. Carl of ET.com backslash Bart for Carl's place. This is a Carl's place voicemail. This was from a guy who I can't decipher his name, but he was listening to me on CBS on Sunday and he wanted to call the radio station. And I say the number all the time, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. And he couldn't find it. So he found me on Twitter and ended up calling my podcast voicemail. So I'm going to play that. Hey, Bart. This is Sunil Mahajan, a fan, recent fan of yours. Uh, just listening to your show on the radio here in Charlotte. And uh, you were talking about the, the media landscape as far as uh, television and the packages that everybody has. Live TV. I really do like that stuff. You know, I like Press Box, uh, Podcast on the Ringer with Brian Curtis, et cetera. One of them you know, that I think you – uh, one one thing that you would really have fun talking about is the um, the streaming TV live TV thing with like Pluto and and you know Vizio and and Tubi and stuff like that. Uh, it's essentially <laughs> old school TV since people figured out that they do like flipping around and stuff. And now there's you know channels for everything, right? Uh, depending on the royalties, so. I can definitely see TV going on there, and people of my age, really age, they, they, they may not know Ion Television, depending on how their parents are, but they will definitely start flipping channels around, especially when they get a little older. So I think it's one of the next frontiers, especially if you want to reach old people. They've already figured it out because it's part of their new TV, and I mean, my parents and grandparents figured it out, so they can do it, and anybody can. I'd love to see baseball or WNBA on there. I mean, that'd be really awesome. So, um, new, new fan didn't really know how to get in contact with you. Tried to call a radio station and didn't really work. So thanks. Bye. Well, I'm not sure, uh, he'll know that that voicemail ever got played, but it got played on my podcast and we'll see how much of a fan you are. If you, if you, if you search for this or not, man. Yeah. I was talking on, uh, usually when I run out of something to say, I just bring up like TV stuff. <laughs> the show CBS is hard. Four hours, four hours by myself. But like I can't dive into. I can. I, I can a little bit. If you ever listen to me on CBS and you know that, and you hear me like really getting into Brewers or Bucks or something, or even Packers, or I'm talking about you know streaming services and TV. And I used to work at a cable company. That's a that's a warning signal that I have run out of shit to say. That's what that is. Uh, and I just kind of like play the hits, so to speak. Speaking of that, there's going to be a game on Peacock in the playoffs. In the... Well, no, I, I don't have to go four hours here. I'll, I'll end the show. 
new show coming out tomorrow. Uh, remember to like and subscribe. You can check out all the videos that we do on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream on YouTube. Thanks to Dan at danshaney.com. I'm Bart Winkler. We will be back tomorrow.